Hello and welcome to a little mini episode of Roy's Rants. Uh, it's a solo uh, showing, just me today. We're going to talk about a couple different subjects. A little rant and raving by ourselves here. But next week, uh, Alex will be back and we will talk about the Blade trilogy of films and the TV series. Um, so yeah, we'll be recording that uh, hopefully in a couple days here and it'll be ready to roll by next week. But for right now... You get stuck with me. Uh, This won't be a very big episode. It's probably just going to be a little mini episode. Uh, We're going to talk about a couple different topics, my take on it. And uh, first off, we're going to talk about Master of the Universe, Masters of the Universe. I can speak properly. Uh, Origins Eternia playset. Now, uh, about a, I don't know, a year ago or so, um, Mattel Creations, which is like Hasbro Pulse, actually it might have been two years ago, because I'm seeing a copyright 2022. Uh, they had uh, a crowdfunding project for this Eternia playset. Now, Motu Origins, when they first launched, uh, they were really big everywhere. Um, it was actually kind of like there was some scarcity involved at first, and then it seemed like they'd get a wave and they like flooded Walmarts with like the second wave, not the first wave, but like the second wave. And then it died like on the vine in brick and mortar stores. It's still going on strong, like at Target sometimes, um, or maybe a specific Walmart out in the middle of nowhere gets all of them. But for the most part, it just, I don't, I don't know. I, I 2020 with COVID and distribution issues really created a lot of problems uh, out there to be a uh, type of collector who goes out to brick and mortar shops. Uh, you can almost tell that these toy companies are giving up on brick and mortar because brick and mortar is giving up on them, so to speak. Uh, there's a lot of competition for shelf space and it seems like it's dominated uh, with the new product of the new generation for new kids. And I get that. I, I totally understand that. Their goal as a brick and mortar store is to sell toys to parents to give to children, not to sell directly to adult collectors who act like children. <laughs> um, sorry, little dig. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably dig a couple more times here today. So, you know, looking at the the Motu Origins, uh, you know, when it first launched right around COVID. It was kind of obvious from the get-go that this was not, it'd be like, I want to be hopeful. I wanted to be hopeful and be like, everything's going to get released. We're going to get it all. You're going to have a wide variety and it's going to be cheap. The figures start out at like nine bucks. They were interchangeable. So you could do custom figures and stuff. It was like a really cool line. It had this great vintage look to it. Um, and, and like I said, it was real cheap and affordable. I loved it. I loved Master Universe Origins. But then the distribution problems started happening. And then they started raising their prices and things started getting scarce. Like they would release a wave and you just would, you wouldn't see it. You weren't, you weren't seeing it. Uh, It wasn't happening. And people were just ordering online directly. So eventually, you know, in comes Mattel Creations, which is like Hasbro Pulse, basically. Hasbro has their own crowdfunding site through Hasbro Pulse, HasLab. Um, and Mattel has their own Mattel creations. Mattel creations, everything I've seen with them, a lot of their crowdfunding is kind of insane, like their prices and stuff. So I don't know if they're just trying to be snootier or what. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But 
Sooner or later, they got to Eternia and they decided to do crowdfunding for the Eternia playset. Motu create, you know, Motu Origins recreation of the Eternia playset. And um, they wanted 5,000 backers and the price tag was $550. $550 to, to, to crowdfund this Eternia playset. There was no way I was ever gonna plop down $550 for a playset I have no room to put. Wasn't gonna happen. But I was very excited and I watched, you know, with how people were plop, plopping down. You know, some of them, some people bought multiples. I'm like, good on you. You have that kind of disposable income at one point or one time. My guess is it's all credit card debt anyway. But, you know, the thing got backed. 9,291 backers uh, backed the campaign. And um, which means that they, you know, they unlocked the attorney place out of 5,000 back, backers. Um and they unlocked um, they, they unlocked the moat monster, Modi, as they call him. He's a little tiny little guy. He hangs out on a moat in Eternia. Uh, and the original toy, I'm pretty sure he was like a molded detail on the moat, um, or possibly a sticker. I can't remember. But um, you know, you get you get you know you get Eternia. You get King Gar- Grayskull. He was included. And you get Modi. And they did have another layer. They wanted to get 10,000 backers. Um, you get uh, Keklar, leader of the elders, and King Grayskull. Now, I'm pretty sure King Grayskull got... Y- yeah, yeah. They Initially, they wanted to get 10,000 backers to get it. I think they realized they needed to um, thicken the pot. I think there was... There was um, a little bit of uh, a lull in in the um, the campaign, so they decided to throw in King Grayskull, and I think it shot it up and over. Uh, but yeah, this thing got backed uh, about two years ago. It takes a little while to get these things. One of the things that kind of drives me insane about the backers is they they do tell you when you back this, like, yeah, it's going to take a while. It's going to take like a year before you see this product, um, you know, in your hands. And I see complaint after complaint all the time. People are like, they took our money and ran with it. I'm like, you don't understand. When they show you the pictures for this thing, like when they, they do the, the, the thing, you know, the whole thing, there's not molds to be made. Like, like this thing isn't going into production guaranteed. So they don't invest the money to have the factory time set up, any of that stuff. Like what you're seeing is a prototype. Because if it doesn't get backed, that was a waste of money. It, it costs thousands upon thousands, possibly millions of dollars to mass produce an item and, and have it done in a factory. Okay. So that's one of the things where I'm like, guys, you gotta, you gotta realize that when you back this thing, it's not, it's, they don't, they don't crank a handle and all of a sudden the factory just starts spitting them out. That doesn't work that way. I, I need you to understand that. Um, if you are going to ever back one of these type of deals, it's going to take a while. Uh, I'm him hawing right now over the HasLab um, Fire Convoy Omega Prime thing uh, because I really, I, I really like. It. I think it's pretty cool, and I always, I never back any of these projects. I'm like, but that one seems sort of attainable because the price isn't too crazy. It's not half a grand, so. Um, but yeah, this thing finally got approved, got into production. They finally were starting to fulfill orders, and here's where the the real problem started. So 
people put down a good chunk of money. Some people bought multiples, so they put down like almost $1,500, maybe two grand, got like four of them or whatever. Um, but when they shipped this thing, it's a big playset. My guess is, you know, whatever shipping company they went with wasn't exactly careful <laughs> with how they handled the item. Um, reports started coming in of damaged boxes, creased boxes, that sort of thing. And these guys lost their mind. Now, you know, there's part of me, I'm, I'm like a weird nerd, like kind of like vintage style thing. I look at that and I'm like, actually, I don't mind the box damage because it makes me feel like I just picked up the original one at a yard sale. Something that's been in someone's like garage or attic for like 20 years. So it's damaged. I kind of, I kind of dig that. As long as the toy itself is fine, I don't have a problem with the box. I am never a, a mint in box collector. I will save boxes sometimes if it's like really cool packaging. I'm like, oh, I kind of want to hold on to this. But other than that, I tear things out. What's really kind of annoyed the hell out of me though with this one is the simple fact that all I kept hearing from Origins fans was that this was an investment. And they were furious. They said, oh, it's ruined. The box is damaged. The whole thing is ruined. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, you you ordered a small amount, okay? So there's 9,291 backers. I'm assuming or they made like 10,000 units, maybe. Okay, I don't think they made exactly 9,291 units because there's going to be damages. There's going to be breakages. Uh, I know there's been, you know, people talking about refunds, returns, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I know they they had to do a little bit more, obviously, to cover. I'm sure there's a fact, there's an equation out there to cover the amount of breakage they expect for things and packages getting damaged and that kind of thing. But what kills me about these guys is that they keep they keep referring to it as an investment. I'm going to share something with you, listeners. If you are buying a brand new product, a toy or whatever, because you think it's going to be worth $50,000 in 30 years, because the item from 1986 is now worth a grand, you are mistaken. It is not an investment. If you want to invest, invest in stocks. Actually, you know, find an, an investment banker who can help you out. Get a, you know, 401k. Look, look that stuff up and invest that way. That's an investment. Toys are not an investment, okay? One of the things you need to realize is that, yes, COVID created a big bubble, like inflated bubble when it comes to collecting. Because a lot of people were at home, they were stuck, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to have a hobby or whatever. Some of these guys were like, I never experienced that as a kid, I'm gonna go look this up, I'm gonna eBay this, I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna build up a collection, whatever. And that's why things shot up and skyrocketed quite a bit. And yes, things were pricey even before that, but I need to realize that that's a market that's not solid, okay? It's it's very fluid, there's peaks and valleys, uh, you know, I'm a I'm an old school vet of the 90s comic boom, the 90s comic book store. You know, you need to buy that new Ash figure because that Ash comic book is coming out. And that guy who drew it, he drew Daredevil and and he's really hot and he's like taking over Marvel. So it'll be worth something. Ain't worth crap. <laughs> or these Todd McFarlane toys from the 90s, man, we made 30 billion of them, but they're worth a lot. They're not worth anything. 
some some of the prices on the McFarlane toys are starting to move up, move the needle up, but that's only because it's been 30, 40 years. So there's just a little bit of value added to them, but they're, it's not an investment. It's not stocks. And, and I, I'm kind of disgusted with all the outrage I saw from people because they literally were like, this is an investment. It's worthless to me if there's a crease on the box. I can't go and get a grade. I'm like, you're not even gonna open it. You're not gonna, the, this thing that you could never own as a kid because your mom said, that's ridiculous, I'm not buying that. Or you grew out of Mass Universe at that time. You thought you were too cool for it. So you didn't bother to even look to buy it. Or you, or you just, you know, changed your mind. You moved on to something else. You were doing G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mask. I don't know, whatever. Um, don't you want to experience it? Don't you want to have that, that, thought that 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 the pleasure center of your brain go off and be like oh my god i now have an attorney in place that that thing that i couldn't have that that rich jerk down the street in the neighborhood he had he never appreciated it and he busted it and broke it but i i always loved it and i love going i put up with his butt going over his house i'm i'm paraphrasing so if my best friend hears this i'm not talking about you okay i love going over and hanging out with you, bud, even though we got into fights at school, we, we were like brothers, but I'm not, I'm not throwing him under the bus, but I'm just saying we all knew there, there was that one rich kid in the, like, like for me, this wasn't, it was it wasn't that experience like Eternia because my, my, my buddy, we were good and we played and we had fun with that Eternia playset. Um, for me, it was the guy who had the USS flag, who was like the rich D bag that you had to tolerate put up with so you could hang out and play on the on the flag all right the thing was the size of his bed you know um but yeah like a lot of us didn't have that experience we didn't have eternity at all so i'm like okay this thing is in your life now you can enjoy it and i and, and i found out that like like i'm seeing postings for people they're putting up the eternity thing now mind you this thing was 550 dollars to back they're asking 1200 dollars for it. So they basically they want their money back plus $650 like on top of it. That's ridiculous for something that just showed up. And I'm not saying that you should sell it for 552. I'm not saying that you should sell it for just, you know, whatever you pay for it. Um but I am saying that damn, you know, getting getting that much percentage of profit, that's that's a little that's a little insane. Um, you know, I, I, but more power to you. If someone's willing to plop down almost the price of getting a vintage one. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing, guys. I, I've painted a vintage one before. I've customized the vintage, vintage one. I made it a Scareglow Army, uh, Eternia playset. I had so much fun customizing that thing. Oh, so, you know, it was so cool. Um, Never have that opportunity again. No one will ever let me do that again. I I pissed off some people when I did that. Like there were people who came after me. Came after the guy who who commissioned me to do it, and it would be saying stuff like, "Why would you do that to something like that? Why would you ruin it?" And it's like it's just a toy. It's not a big deal. Um, and that's just it. Like I I feel as a collector, like I'm very casual. I have bought and sold my collection so many times, guys. Um, I recently, within the last three years, got rid of all of my McFarlane's, all of my NECA's, um, all of my Master Universe, all of my Mattel um, DC, all of my Toy Biz and Hasbro Marvel. 
all of it. I only collect Transformers right now. Um, I do have a new Godzilla. That was a gift from my wife. So, you know, that's just me um, enjoying one little perk outside of the Transformer community. But other than that, I I only collect Lego and Transformers now at this point. I barely collect Lego. I have like two sets. Um, and occasionally I'll pick up a pop, but like it's once every five years. I, if it's a character I really like, I don't collect them ad nauseum. Um, but yeah, I get a little perturbed at the attitude of some of these guys who are selling this thing for three or four times its actual worth, you know, and calling it an investment and stuff like that. It it just, it makes me wish that we could just chill out for a second. I run a, I run a group in Facebook called Enjoy the Toy. It's a mantra developed by the guy who originally ran it. Now I run it. I do feel I do feel strongly about that mantra though. Enjoy the toy. Enjoy it. If you're a collector, enjoy these things. I'm not a big inbox collector. I used to have all the Marvel Universe and the DC multiverse figures inbox. Looked like a damn toy store in my in my one room. I, I hated it. One day I just sat down and I opened all of those packages like Christmas. It was such a great cathartic feeling. Um And yes, I know. I devalued them. There were probably some toys I could have sold three or four times it's worth. I still have no regrets. These are not an investment. These are collections. This is a toy. If you find someone who's willing to take it off of your hands for more profit, hey, great, fantastic. But chances are you're not getting you're not getting your money's worth. You're not get if that's the only reason why you're buying the thing, I I feel bad. I feel bad. But yeah, that's a thing right now. Uh, Mattel is getting ton. I mean, and the thing is, I kind of wonder. Like in these Facebook circles, they're like, "Oh, they're all bad. Every one of them's bad." I'm like, "That's not true." Um, I've really, you know, I've heard so many people talk about it, but in reality, compared to 9,291 backers, how many of them really got them damaged? You know what I mean? There's probably still, still, there's probably still orders going out right now. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe someone will track that and they'll come out with an article saying, hey, out of 9,291, 400 of them were bad. Not great odds, you know, but uh, maybe it was only 20 or 30. And the public, you know, the vocal minority were making it sound like they're the majority. Who knows? But if you have a Motu Origins playset, let me know what your thoughts are on it. You know, are you happy with what you got? Do you feel like it was worth it? Let us know. But we're going to move on to the next topic. The uh, fantastic forecast. Recently, on Valentine's Day, Marvel put out a little piece of artwork. And it was uh, it was a Valentine's Day card from the Fantastic Four. And it had a little um, illustration of the family just kind of hanging out. Um, I don't know if that was in the kitchen or like, you know, like a sunroom or whatever. But you had Thing... Uh, Johnny Storm, Reed and Sue. And we've got The Thing, played by Eben Moss uh, Backrack. Um, they actually showed a picture of him in a portrait, but then The Thing himself is comic book thing. And I don't know how much of the detail this art is meant to be. This is what they're going to look like in the movie. Um, or this is just a simulation and they're going to make changes by the time the movie comes around. I don't know. But the thing looks pretty spot on. If that is if that is their look, it kind of looks like we finally have our very 
comic book accurate thing. Uh, unlike the last uh, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, which looked like absolute trash, and the Michael Chiklis Fantastic Four from the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s, I want to say, um, which kind of had, like, looks like the comic book thing, but also is real-world mo- movie kind of style, kind of a blend. I like that one. I, didn't, I, I thought Michael Chiklis made a great thing. I thought the cast for that movie was pretty swell. The Josh Trank one, the cast was okay. The movie was bad, but, you know. This one, we've got, like I said, Evan Moss Backrack as as Ben Grimm, The Thing. Uh, Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things as The Torch. And Vanessa Kirby. um, Oh, gosh, I forget what she was in. But she, uh, well, she was in Mission Impossible. She was in Fast and Furious. Um... I guess she was in Napoleon. I missed Napoleon this past year, but... And, of course, Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards. I don't know how much of that was a great idea. I feel like Pedro Pascal... I would have rather them gone with Krasinski um, as uh, Reed Richards because he was already there in the um, Doctor Strange movie. Um, Try to keep it a little consistent, you know what I mean? But whatever. It would be great if he's in it as Reed Richards. That would be a great surprise is if they did some multiverse and stuff in there and, uh, you know, Krasinski Reed, talk to Pascal Reed. Um, but it is weird that, like, Hollywood does this thing with multiverse where they're like, oh, well, we can say this this movie was a different universe. And it's like, okay, but what changes in that universe made that person be a completely different person? Why, why are they the same name? Pardon me. <laughs> Sorry, not trying to bore you, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes I get tired. Um, yeah, why would Pedro Pascal look different than Ian Grofold or the guy from the Josh Trank one or whatever? Um, or Krasinski, you know, like, like, how does that make that casting different? I don't know, but still. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm liking the aesthetic of the Valentine. It looks very 60s. Like, the illustration looks 60s. The font looks 60s. So I have a feeling that basically the story is they're stuck. Um, like we're going to see their origin in the 60s of Marvel Universe and then they're probably going to get stuck in time a la Captain America and then they get unfrozen or break loose in the modern Marvel continuity and become part of the MCU uh, proper. That's my guess. That's been a guess of a lot of people. So we'll see. But Marvel also um, released a Deadpool 2 trailer which had a lot of positive buzz on that uh i'm super i'm super psyched to see these x-force characters come back uh the tva uh spoiler alert kind of knew that was coming um big bad villains maybe i i think there might be a big bad that might be involved with the tva or they're fighting the tva i don't know you see scenes of war of deadpool fighting the TVA and like killing TVA agents. So I have a feeling what happens is the TVA come a knocking because Wade has changed too much in the time stream by saving his friends. He gets recruited by the TVA and I think they want him to branch uh, or to cut branches of the timelines. And I'm guessing he rebels um, possibly to save Wolverine. I don't know. Um, we don't really like he makes jokes about Wolverine throughout every movie 
We've never seen him interact with Wolverine before. It's the first time. So who the hell knows if he actually did know Logan or not? I don't know. It's hard to say because in the world of Logan, in that movie where he, he passes away, spoiler alert for a movie that's been around forever, um, the X-Men are all dead. They all like lost their powers and disbanded because um, a company basically cured everybody. Um, so there's very few mutants left in the world. And so it, it kind of it's kind of a downer ending. I, I kind of want Logan to be a different universe than Deadpool. I don't want it to be in the same universe. Um, you know, he makes that joke. He's like, which timeline are we in, McAvoy or Stewart? These timelines, you know, I, or which one are we looking for, McAvoy or Stewart? These timelines are so confusing. It, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, here's hoping that they are... Um, they explain it well, and uh, we have an enjoyable movie. It looks like a lot of fun. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I think you'll like it. I think everybody will like it. Uh, I, I mean, literally, there's a joke uh, about a sexual uh, preference or a sexual act, and Wade connects it to Disney. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, Disney's letting that happen. They're like, okay, all right, fine. It's in the trailer. Um, so it's already out there. They can't take it back if someone later on goes, oh, wow, that makes us look bad. Um, but yeah, X-Men are starting to finally make their full swing in here. We had Charles Xavier show up in Doctor Strange. We had the Beast show up in the Marvels. You can catch that on Disney Plus right now. Um, and now we've got Deadpool, uh, Deadpool and Wolverine, no longer called Deadpool 3. We also um, got our trailer finally for X-Men. It's been forever. They announced this X-Men 97, I swear, like two years ago. And they finally put out a trailer. And I was psyched. Like, <laughs> psych, Cyclops. <laughs> um, I was thrown off a little bit by some of the voices. Because some of the voice actors, as you get older, your voice changes. So the guy sounding off Wolverine doesn't sound exactly like he did back in, you know, from 96. Um... Some of the some of the actors actually got replaced with other actors who played that character in like different series or whatnot, but their voices have changed. Or it's it's a big like crazy gobbledygook cast of um, veterans and new people, and, and they're switching roles and whatnot. Some actors uh, have passed away. Um, fairly certain the man who voiced Eric Lencher, Magneto, I believe he passed away. I know the voice behind Cyclops passed away, um, so they had to recast. The girl who played Jubilee, um, she was really big in the 90s. I think she even played Claire Redfield in Resident Evil back in the day. Uh, She stepped back. She said, I don't want to play Jubilee. I want you to hire an Asian actress to play Jubilee. I'll play a different character. So that's changed. I'm looking at a preview photo right now and I'm loving the fact that there's a scene in this series where they're actually out playing basketball. Um, Jean is a ref. She's pregnant apparently. So they're they're throwing in some Madeline Pryor Inferno stuff going on there. That's pretty cool. And everybody's got like their, their active wear going on. And that, the funny thing is like, I saw someone like complaining about this. Like, why do they look like a bunch of jokers doing? I'm like, well, number one, this is 1996. So they've got a lot of gaudy outfits or whatever. Number two, if you were a fan of the X-Men in the 80s and 90s, you would know there are issues where they go and they play basketball or they go and they play volleyball 
or they have a they have a swimsuit issue or whatever. They go to the beach, they relax. It's part of the X Men lore, and I don't know if modern day X Men is that. I've I've fallen out of sway with the Krakoa storyline, the whole reincarnation thing. I tried reading it one day, and it just got so convoluted. I'm like, I just want mutants are here. Uh, humans don't care for them. There's different mutants who are trying to fulfill Charles uh, Xavier's dream and other ones want to fulfill Magneto's type of dream. Other ones want to just destroy the world like Apocalypse and create a new world or they want to control their own destiny and manipulate others like Mr. Sinister. That's what I want. I want simple, you know, whatever, what have you. Um, But yeah. So, anyway... The trailer came out for 97. It looks cool. I'm, I kind of wish, since this is supposed to be an exact continuation. Now, I'm not like those other people when it came to Master Universe Revelation. They were so mad because they saw an interview where Kevin Smith was like, oh yeah, it's supposed to be like your filmation guys. It's going to be a continuation. I wish Kevin had worded it better and been like, I want you to imagine Master Universe Revelation like, I'm playing in this sandbox with these characters and I'm taking them to different different venue, different different storylines, different things. I'm growing them up. I'm doing a what if, you know, like we have those filmation arcs as like the basis of things, but this is a little bit more adult. I wish he'd have done that instead of saying it's continuous filmation. And you know, in fact, for all I know, he did say that and these chumps who got so mad at the Netflix TV show misinterpreted what he said and just said, oh, you said it was going to be an exact copy of Filmation and it's not. And I need it to be an exact copy of Filmation, which I don't understand that. You're in your 40s and 50s. Why the hell would you want to watch a Filmation show aimed at your seven-year-old self? Like, how immature are you? Anyways, let me take a sip here. This episode of Roy's Rants brought to you by water, H2O, the common ingredient keeping your ass alive. Drink water. Anyway, uh, this is literally supposed to be a continuation of the 1996 show. And just looking at the art style, I can tell it's it's not the same style. It's very streamlined. I like the look. At the same time, I'm kind of like, uh, kind of wish it was just... And, 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 you know, with today's technology, you can you can trace that art style. Like, you can make it that rough, sketchy comic book art style of the 90s. But they went more like Disney, you know, Gargoyles, Batman the Animated Series style, just kind of looking at it still right now. And I know it's CG, it's it's computer-generated art. It is not done, like, it is digitally drawn these days. It is not hand-drawn, painted cells, that kind of thing, like traditional animation. I don't, I don't know any studio that does that anymore. They're, they're all being drawn by computer. Even if it says hand-drawn, it's drawn on a computer. Um, so good for the environment, at least since, you know, cells take up so much space, cells and paint are wasteful, you know, original film stock can be very toxic and stuff. Anyway, so a lot of, um, backlash going on with people. I seen a lot of people post that X-Men's not political. was never political. Why are you making it political? Because in the trailer, they show the whole mutant human aggression thing, getting out of control again. That is 
number one, the first storyline, Stan Lee, like that's 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 the background of the X Men always has been, is that they 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 grow up in a world that fears and hates them, and they have to protect the people that that despise them. That's the whole point. You missed the point, jackass. If you if you think it's not about that, now don't get me wrong. In the '90s, there were a lot of storylines that were just mutants fighting mutants. Um, you know, Apocalypse just wanting to rule the world, so the X Men have to stop him. Strife wanting to you know curse people because he's an evil clone of Cable, or is he the original? I don't know. And he's just mad at the world. You know, stuff like that. But the real meat and potatoes of 70s 80s x-men the real good stories god love man god loves man kills the you know extinction agenda um trying to think what other ones there's i mean there's a lot there's a lot i just and there's stuff like the brood invading aliens invading they have a lot of stuff like that nimrod whatever days of future past is all you know about the oppression gone to like (coughs) terminator levels excuse me but one of the things that really was annoying, and they put this in every... I, I wish... Uh, for, the, for the sake of not hearing someone bitch about a cartoon being woke, Disney making it woke, um, the character of Morph, who can change gender and shape and appearance, who's been around forever. I'm, I'm thinking he was a 70s, 80s character that got kind of heavily revamped for the 90s, you know, pilot of X-Men cartoon. He did come back by the second season. Um, Morph can change shape. He can change into anybody. He's He's been seen to... They've been seen to turn into a man or a woman, okay? Well, an interview came out, and one of the creators said, yeah, he's a non-binary character now. Um, you know, so that's something to explore in the show. I don't necessarily know if they do explore it in the show. Uh, and this is X-Men 97. This is this is made for the, you know, kids who are now adults at this point. This is not made for children these days. So before you get on the book, oh, they owe it to the children to not bring up heavy topics. Screw you. I, I don't know modern day kids who are like, man, I really want to see that 90s tribute cartoon. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I don't think I don't think this is a big deal. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of backlash online about this character. Like, you know, Morph wouldn't be this way. And my answer to that is, how the hell do you know? Morph was a character that was barely used. Like when he 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 was basically he was selected totally revamped from a character to the point I thought he was a brand new character when I saw this because I had never seen no morph before um and he didn't rise to prominence in the comic books until Age of Extinction and became an incredibly revamped character uh so morph was kind of just created for the cartoon or rebranded for the cartoon to die like literally um you know the, the term fridging comes to mind uh, a, a term coined for Green Lantern when Kyle Rayner became Green Lantern, he had a villain who decided to get at him by stuffing his girlfriend in a refrigerator. So Kyle, you know, opens his refrigerator. You see a hand kind of like come out, like an arm come out of the refrigerator, and you realize his girlfriend's being 
killed. And the only reason why they did that was to spur Kyle to fight this villain. So the term fridging became popular and synonymous anytime a character, typically a female character, is brutally murdered all for plot advancement. You know, like a a good one is um, uh, DC's um, Infinite Crisis, where they kill, like it's a murder mystery, they kill off a beloved character, it's super sad, and it turns out it's the wife of another beloved character that did it. Sorry, spoiler alert for a a comic book that's been out since the 90s. Um, But it was very vicious and very mean, and you started to see this very mean spirit of DC comics at the time. So, um, yeah, Morph cynically was there to inspire the X-Men to fight on. But by the end of the series, or the end of the season, they bring back Morph. Um, Surprise, surprise, only he's a villain now. By season two, he reappears and he is a villain. He's working for Mr. Sinister. And there's a lot of rehab he has. Like, he he keeps fighting the X-Men. And eventually he kind of runs off on his own. I can't remember. Like I said, mind you, this is a show that got canceled in 96 and I kind of watch some reruns on Disney Plus sometimes. I don't think I've ever watched the final season. But by 97, by this new show, he's back in the fold. And he looks more like, um, his regular physical appearance looks more like the Age of Apocalypse morph. Um, and I think that probably makes it a little bit easier uh, to come across with that non-binary binary category for him because he doesn't look necessarily like a regular human. Uh, but yeah, there's so many people who are complaining about this right now. And, and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to be a violent person. I don't want to swear violence. But if the next Jagoff comes up to me and just use the blanket statement, woke, I, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> I'll lose my crap. All right, I will go crazy. There may be violence because I'm just so tired of that blanket statement being thrown around at things that like make you uncomfortable. Like, if you know that this is a sensitive issue or whatever, just just say, just say that that isn't for me. How hard is it to just say, that isn't for me, I'm not really a big fan, whatever, what have you. Instead of like, eh, it's a woke agenda, they're trying to convert me. You're an adult. You are a human being. You, you know, show some individuality and say like, you well, know, I don't know, I don't really like it. I don't really like that character, but I like this. Or just, you know, pick and choose. This whole idea of falling, you have to fall into a category of either hating people because of how they're different or just embracing those people that are different and hating other people, like, so annoying. And the funny thing is, like, these guys were like, it's a woke agenda. I hate this whole show. I hate the... You're just as bad as the humans in the, in the stories who are hating on the mutants for being different. Like, I need you to realize that. I need you to realize... That mutantdom in Marvel Comics represents LGBTQ, different races, creeds, religions, anything out of the norm that we consider, you know, cis white male. All right. That's what the mutants represent. A different choice, a different lifestyle, a different form of being. And I don't, when I said different choice, you know, I'm not talking about your gender or your sexuality, that sort of thing. Don't get that twisted. Okay. I, I, I am talking about like religion. You know, I'm talking about that sort of thing where you can, you can choose that. Okay. You can choose that. That's what I'm talking about. But, you know, lifestyle choices, you know, lifestyles. I keep using that damn word choice. I don't want to use that word choice. Okay. Lifestyles. You know, mind your own business. 
you don't have to be lovey-dovey, huggy with people that you don't understand. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm, I'm just telling you to try to understand. I'm telling you to come across the board and be like, okay, your lifestyle is different than me. Your The things that you like are different than me. Why do you like that? Oh, okay, that's interesting. I like this this way. All right, cool. We can get along, all right? Can you be more like the X-Men? You got a guy with blue fur. You got a guy with no nose who can change shape. You got a guy with metal claws. You got a guy with forcing laser beams through his eyes. You got another guy who can, if you shoot him with something, he can use the energy to shoot it back at you. You got a woman who, when she touches you, she drains your life essence. You got a, a, a psychic slash telekinetic. You got a woman who can control the storms, control the weather. And you got a, a, a young lady who can shoot fireworks out of her fingers. That's a weird lineup of people. <laughs> you got another guy who can charge inanimate objects. It's, you know, there's a lot of charging going on. A lot of energy transfer. But they're still fun, all right? And they're getting along. Why can't you? There you go. But um, this whole woke agenda bullshit, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm over of it. I don't, you know, the next person comes up and he's like, Roy, what do you think of that woke garbage? And be like, I think you're garbage. <laughs> I think you're garbage for not even considering the fact that maybe this is just made because it's made for people who are a little bit more understanding, more modern than you. You can grow as a person. You can learn to be tolerant. You know, it may may take a lot depending on how far down the rabbit hole you are in the other direction, but come join us, the the, uh, free thinkers who embrace people with differences. Just saying. All right, that is that's it for comic book stuff. Here's one of the things that I wanted to talk about, um, and I'll probably mention it to Alex. Embracer Group, okay? So Embracer Group is this company that is gobbling up uh, production studios of video game companies. Like they've been gobbling up and gobbling up and gobbling up. Um, and they gobbled up so much, they had to go into a restructuring program. And as of the end of 2023, they canceled 29 unannounced video games and laid off almost 1,400 employees. Um, <laughs> and before June 2023, these people had 153 unannounced games in development across a number of studios. Uh, by the end of 2023, they had it down to 124. Um, and they probably have done more. This is this is an older article, I believe. Um, let's see. I don't, I don't, it's not showing me a date. Why don't you show me a date? Oh, okay. Actually, no, this is, this is a current article. But um, a lot of things happened. There was a Time Splitters reboot uh, game that got canceled. A Deus Ex sequel that they were already in production, got canceled. You know, they, they, they've taken out quite a few um, games out there that people were looking forward to. Uh, but they, the, the Embracer Group CEO, Lars Wingfors, he did say the restructure program, as he's calling it, is in the final stretch. But they may still cut more people. Okay, It's on the final stretch of laying you all you video game developers off. Um... So basically, they made a $2 billion deal, which made them go crazy and they started buying up stuff. And then they realized, oh crap, we made a $2 billion deal and we bought stuff before the check cleared. You know what I mean? 
But here's the thing that really kills me. They're finally, these video game studios are saying the loud, like quiet part loud now. Um, you know, when talking about it, that why they're doing what they've been doing, uh, Wingford, Wingfurs, Wingfurs, I don't know how you pronounce his damn name, uh, confirmed that the company edict has always been to maximize shareholder value in any given situation. I.e., if the shareholder tells me to jump, I jump. If it means taking your ass out, you don't have a job, I'm doing it. Uh, you know, about, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, when the Nintendo Wii U um, totally crapped the bed, the uh, owners of the company basically said, we're taking pay cuts so we don't have to lay people off. And everybody went excited. They got all excited. But it turns out that they actually like cut a crap ton of people's um, salaries as well. So, you know, even the good times of these developers or these big companies, uh, there's there's a little bit of lingering bad. Don't trust them. Don't trust them. But yeah, uh, I just heard about Embracer Group at this point, you know, through the layoffs and everything. But it sounds to me like they're a company that got a crap ton of money decided they were going to spend a lot of money investing companies that they didn't have any real game plan to deal with. And then it all kind of fell apart. And now they're just hacking and slashing stuff. In this day and age where game portfolios mean nothing to these people, like like in 80s and 90s, you know, a lot of games were franchises. They all had like sequels and stuff. Like, I mean, it felt like every game was going to have a sequel to its own damn franchise. Us gamers that are in our late 30s or, you know, mid 40s, whatever, even 50s, 60s, maybe. We have certain expectations for these game franchises that, you know, we were hoping we're going to continue. And unfortunately, it's becoming more and more apparent that the powers that be do not look at those franchises in their library as anything other than IP to deal with as they please and not like a legendary icon. It's, 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 it's becoming more and more apparent that we could lose our stuff because, you know, number one, we don't... It's almost impossible now with the digital frontier now to actually own physical media on a wholesale at this point. Like, a lot of stores are stopping selling a physical media. That it's DVDs, CDs, and um, Blu-rays and video games. So it's getting harder and harder. They're pushing us towards the all digital market front. And with the all digital market front, you care less and less. Like you're not investing your time and money in these things if it's not a tangible product. It's pretty much the given. So we're entering an age where we're starting to lose things that we hold dear because we technically don't hold them dear. <laughs> it's it's kind of sad. I think, uh, you know, I think we need to... We definitely need to uh, reevaluate that and look at that. I think a lot of people are going back to physical just to try and, you know, save IP and save things and, and create a, you know, a, a better place. Like, we need to level out. I wish we'd level out. This this push for all digital is super predatory, and it's obvious that it's predatory. It's obvious. When they're saying, like, you know, all I care about is my shareholders. I don't really care about anybody else. I don't care about my own employees as long as the shareholders are happy. Your argument can be made that, well, of course they care about 
the shareholders. They're the ones who hold the keys to the kingdom. They're, they are important, and I get it. I just wish they'd run a fine line, like kind of like keep keep it, you know, a little under control with the corporate greed and that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, um, I think they also own like the Tomb Raider license as well at this point. So we're going to lose a bunch of games. Um, I can almost guarantee that a lot of games are just going to be the dustbin of time, just kind of poof, gone. So those of you who do have physical media out there, you're going to be our last best hope when it comes to emulation and stuff like that and making sure there's good copies out there and people play these games. So good luck to you guys. But That's it. Um, you know, okay, 48 minutes. That's not bad. This is pretty meaty. <laughs> uh, be sure to check out uh, other episodes of Roy's Rants. You can get it on Apple Music, Spotify. Um, I wish we were on Amazon Music. I gotta look into expanding that. We'll see. But you can also check out our sister podcast from our couch on Apple Music, on uh, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Uh, our latest episode, the MCU Phase One, uh, premiered today. Uh, with uh, me and my stepson, Adam. We talked about the Phase 1 Marvel movies. It's a good hour and 40 minutes or so of your life. You, you get the, you know, a little recap on Phase 1 all the way up to Ant... Or not Ant-Man. Um, uh, Avengers, Avengers? First Avengers? Is that the last part of Phase 1? I think it is. But you get to see the, the gang. The intro is the gang. And then we have Phase 2 in the can. Uh, we're putting that out next week. Um, we also have episodes of Traitors... We have a few episodes of Sister Wives. We need to build that back up. And, of course, we have a whole season of Big Brother and a whole season of Survivor. So check it out. We've got between two podcasts. I'm sure we have over 100 hours of entertainment to keep you going. But um, I'm going to go. You can check out my art at Croctopus Art on uh, Croctopus Art at tpublic.com. Croctopus Art on Twitter or otherwise known as X. Croctopus Art on... Um, deviant art as well as roy stiffy roy d stiffy at instagram bye everybody